Welcome to the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by Seven Sisters, homeschool.com, and the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I'm Vicki, and I am not here with Kim and Sabrina today, but I am here with my friend, Susan Landry, who is from the Sparrows Home. And I am so excited because we're going to talk about something that's been on my heart today. And it's we're, you know, we're nicely putting it as apprenticing your teens to adulthood. But really what we mean is don't be mean to your kids. And <laughs> so, Susan, um, could you tell us a little bit about you and your homeschool journey and your website and say hi and get started? Yes, thank you. Hi, Vicki. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm so glad to be here. Um, yeah, we started homeschooling when my kids had um, already completed um, several grades at a local charter school. So their early elementary years were done there. My eldest uh, completed fifth grade and my youngest third grade. And for a variety of different reasons, we started thinking about homeschooling. And boy, it's just been the best decision we've ever made. And and my eldest graduated high school a couple years ago, and my youngest is slated to graduate this spring. So we have run the whole path. Yeah, goodness gracious. So you've got um, official homeschool retirement looming, but it doesn't really happen. So something always comes up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And um, you had asked about my website, the, the website, The Sparrows Home is, yeah. you know, I, I love um, touching base with women all over the place. And it makes me so sad that in our culture, we have largely bought into the lie that we have to do everything all on our own. And I just don't think that's what God intends. And I don't think that's what's best for us. And so um, we write about all things home, uh, marriage, parenting, recipes, faith, and of course, homeschooling um, to, to connect us and encourage one another. One, one of the things I appreciate about Sparrow's Home also is that it's just such a pretty website. Oh, we just, thank you. <laughs> just go there and it just feels better just looking at it. So. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So what? So one of the things, Susan, you do, and I, I really appreciate is you talk about a variety of things. And because all of us homeschool moms have a variety of things in our lives. So we're not just homeschooling. And so there's all kinds of articles and, and you've got some awesome recipes on there too. Thank you. You know, I know that's not the trend. Um, blog, the blogging world tells us that we should pick one tiny little thing and write about yeah. just that. But I yeah. just, I can't do it because we're yeah. all such complete people. And I know there's a million things we could all write about, but, um, you know, to kind of narrow it down to, to the things that we as women are dealing with and facing and having to tackle. Um, I just think about the kind of advice that I might've liked to have gotten when I was younger. And even now, you know, I look to the moms who are a step ahead of me to kind of watch how they parent and how get different ideas for homeschooling and. I think that's yeah. what we need to do for one another is just share yeah. our ideas and, and you can try different things and see what works for your family. Yeah. So mentoring each other is, you know, right out of Titus chapter two. And uh, so your, your blog has things like that on there. But so what we want to talk about today in a way is mentoring our kids into adulthood in a nice way. So what what uh, Susan noticed and uh, wrote this beautiful blog post about mom, please don't stop doing these things. Um, she noticed the the trend toward um, just don't do anything for your teens. So Susan, tell tell us what was on your heart when you launched into that post. 
You know, it was started by an article that I had read, but it reminded me of, of several things I had read recently and even heard heard some pe- different people talking about. And yeah, the whole gist of it was how awesome and cool these moms were because they were forcing their kids to stand on their own and teaching them how to be independent, which are positive things. But the way they were talking about doing it was essentially saying, don't do anything for your kids. They need to learn to stand on their own. And and while I'm not a, a big fan of, of uh, you know, the close helicopter parenting, yeah. I, I still, I, and we don't enable bad behaviors, yeah. but I just kept thinking, you know, I wouldn't treat a friend that way. I wouldn't treat another adult that way. And isn't the goal of parenting teens to help them become adults? To help them become adults and the, and the, the emphasis being on help. So we can be helpers and mentors and apprenticers without being mean about it. So absolutely. You know, one of the things that, um, that really touched me during this time was uh, one of our kids was uh, 14 or 15 years old, I would say. And there was a TV show that he was wanting to watch. And after we had checked content on it, we decided that it wasn't something that we were comfortable with him watching. And so we had told him that. And of course, he wasn't real happy about it. And listening to my husband talk to him just really spurred in me this idea that, that we, we need to be apprenticing teens. My husband, he talked to him about how, yes, we're telling you, you can't watch this, but that's not our goal. Our goal is to teach you that as an adult Christian man, you need to be starting to learn how to make these decisions about what you will choose to watch when you're an adult, even if you really want to watch it. If you see things that are inappropriate, you know, we're, we're, our hope is that you will make these choices yourself. And hearing that just really kind of put a filter on how I wanted to talk to my kids going forward and how I wanted to help them learn how to become Christian men and um, what my job was as a parent when they're a teenager as opposed to when they were young. Yeah, so that is it. That's such a good example is your husband explained to your son He wants him to be able to grow up and be the kind of Christian godly man who can make good decisions for himself. And part of that happens with teenagers by giving them guidance and giving them boundaries. And when they can learn from the boundaries and learn from, you know, this is how you make decisions, then they can emulate that better. So we don't want to be the like your if your husband said no you're not watching that yeah and, yeah you know and you know, suck it up and uh, then that he wouldn't have learned anything from that no. but if he, if you guys had just handed him the TV controllers and say yeah whatever you can have to figure it out that was a recipe for a different kind of disaster absolutely absolutely so tell me some specific things um, that you want to, that it's okay to keep investing in your kids. Like one of the things that I appreciated in the post is it's okay to keep fixing their food. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You know, I mean, our job is to teach them how to fix food. So certainly when they, when they leave our house, you know, my eldest moved out this January and before he left, we had a couple of months of what recipes do you want to make sure you know how to make before you leave? Uh So, so we absolutely need to be teaching them how to do those things. But you know, my husband works from home and I like to cook lunch for him every day and he's capable of cooking his own lunch, but that's a way that I enjoy serving him and showing love to him. And so for me to do the same for my teens is not a big deal for me to do that as well. And, you know, another thing is um, they talked, one of the things in the article that I had read talked about was if your kids forget things at home, 
um, and, and they, they forgot something, don't bring it to them because they need to learn this hard lesson. And you know, if it's repeated, if they constantly forget things, yeah, I might say, sorry, I can't do that. But again, if I had a friend that left something at home that she really needed, I would say, sure, I'd be happy to bring it to you. Um, and I, w- I would love to show love to you in that way. Yeah, I, I think that's such a good guideline. Like, would you treat your friend this way? That's just a beautiful way to frame that. So yeah, and then then one of the the things you mentioned in your post was um, that the article you were responding to said that you should have hands off in your kid's education. Yes, the phrase they used was don't meddle in your kid's education. Don't don't meddle. (laughs) (laughs) It just got me so mad because I just thought, well, I guess as homeschoolers, we're kind of the poster children for meddling in our kids' education. I I know, like, like, I I feel like we need to get Kim to do another t-shirt. We're always teasing about Kim doing t-shirts with mottos on it. Oh, sure. So we need a a t-shirt that says, I meddle in my kids' education. (laughs) (laughs) Right, you know, and it's like, I, I guess you know, if your kids are in public school, yes, they absolutely do need to learn the, the responsibility of turning things in on time and keeping track of their things. But my biggest thing with the advice not to meddle in your kids' education is that I have such a heart for the statistics that, that talk about how masses of kids that have grown up in churches, and we're not talking about kids that never knew uh, the Bible or the faith, but kids that have grown up in youth groups, masses of these kids are walking away from their, their faith when they hit. Um, graduation, when they go off to college. And it it just utterly breaks my heart. And I think that the way we teach a biblical worldview to our kids has to be intentional. It, it, mm-hmm. It's not ever just going to happen. How have you guys done that with your kids, like worked on the biblical worldview for them? Um, you know, I think one of the main ways, and this probably sounds really kind of simple, but we talk to them a lot. <laughs> we, we, oh, we, you mean you communicate <clears throat> with your kids? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, you know, over dinner, we talk about world events or things that are going on in the news, and we share our perspective on that. And we talk with them about what the Bible says about it. Um, my husband has a passion for teaching about the the truth of creation and the lies of evolution. And so we've traveled all over the country, and he's taught at churches, and my kids have gone along with that. And so, you know, we talk about things like that a lot, and we do it by pointing out the lies that we see and then showing them the truth. And um, and again, I think it's so much of it is just talking with your kids and knowing. So if they're in college, even talk about what they're doing in class and use that time to sort of um, be a sounding board for them so they can share with you what they're learning and what they're being told and then how they're countering that. I think we'd be surprised a lot even how much our kids are are countering it themselves. And boy, it just makes you so proud. When you, yeah. When you hear well, them. and so that kind of meddling. It, which I'm, I'm just getting such a kick out of that, is being a sounding board. So if your kids have a safe parent to come to and say, hey, this is what we're talking about in my college class, and here are my thoughts, and what are yours, you can have a discussion on that. So that's a kind of healthy meddling. You're helping them to you know, bounce ideas back and forth and distill the things that they are, are starting to own for themselves. And, you know, I'm sure that our teens need to do that a lot in high school at that level, too. If they're in, you know, they're, a lot of our kids are in dual enrolled classes yes. or co-op or group classes. So they will be running into varieties of ideas. So it's good to, 
talk it over with the parents and the parents not not helicoptering it not saying okay now this is what you have to believe but helping them to distill those ideas and to to invest in truths and wisdom so that they have something to distill Absolutely. You know, you mentioned the dual enrollment and both of my kids did that. And talk about apprenticing your kids. If if your kids are doing dual enrollment classes on a local college campus, this is the perfect time for us to be apprenticing them into college life because Mm -hmm. so many Christian parents I've seen are actively parenting their kids when they're at home. But as soon as they go off to college, I, I can hear the phrase all the time, well, they're an adult now, they can do what they want. What? Uh Are you kidding me? (laughs) And so, you know, we we need to actively be apprenticing them. And and those dual enrollment years have been fantastic for us. Like you said, to to ask them what they're learning in class and then to to run through that together and just talk about what they're learning. And, And not only that, but what a great time to teach them life skills like time management and oh my scheduling and keeping track of things and and all of those life skills that they're gonna need when they do get out on their own. Now, what are some things you guys have done with your kids as far as teaching those life skills? Well, when both of my boys started dual enrollment, I told them, this is the way that I keep track of things. And so to begin with, that's how you're going to keep track of things. Um, And if you develop a way that works better for you, then absolutely you can do that, but you have to have some way. So we started with a planner and I had them writing down assignments and things. And interestingly, neither one of my kids continued to do it my way, they, but they both developed a way that works for them. So I think and it's just checking in and making sure they're doing something. Yeah. So what you did is you gave them a set of skills and you told them they needed something. They they had to have some kind of a system, but you didn't say you have to always use mine. Yes. And so they are able to then take that basic seed of an idea and develop their own system from that. Yes. And uh, so that's that's not helicoptering. That's that's a healthy kind of meddling is to give them <laughs> some better like, yeah, because, you know, what, kids, a lot of kids don't by developmental stage organize their time or plan their schedule. And uh, that that's a life skill they need for everything, whether they're dual enrolled in classes or in college full time or out there in a job like they need to be able to organize their time. So that that's you did a great job giving them a tool and then letting them grow from there. Yep. That, that, like you said, it's a skill that they need not only for school, but for work and for life. And, and it's something that they, um, they need to figure out what's going to work for them. Cause if I forced mm-hmm. them to do it my way, I could have done that. You know, I'm the parent. Mm-hmm. I could have forced them to do it my way, but that wouldn't have really been apprenticing them. Would it, that would have been yeah. making them obey. And, and that's what I think when kids are, are quite young, you know, we do, do that kind of parenting. We, we can right. tell them, you know, you have to do this because I said so. And this yeah. is the way it is. But at four teens, it's so important to talk about the why and why you're doing this and why even when you leave here, you need to keep doing this. And um, there, there's just, it changes. Parenting changes so much when your kids become teens. Yeah. And that's, that's so developmentally appropriate at a little age. You, you say, yeah, because mm-hmm. I said so. <laughs> because they're not developmentally ready to do all the reasoning behind yeah. why mommy wants me to do this. But as, as teens, to understand the, the whys and the musts in life, because there's a lot of musts in life, um, that, that actually equips them. So that's, I don't think that's helicopter mom. Now, okay, so one of the things you were responding to in the, in the post that you wrote, 
um, was the that the helicopter mom problem where some parents don't ever allow kids to learn the hard lessons in life. So what what are the thoughts that you have on that? Like the parents just run in, do interference, and the kids never. Yeah, I don't think that that's healthy stressed. either to to completely ever protect our kids from their own choices. But I I just think that as parents, it's not our job to just stand back and let them waltz over a cliff. <laughs> you know, I think I think that it's it's our job to keep yes. trying to show them the right path. Um, and certainly they may come to a point when, when they've stepped, mm-hmm. stepped over a line and, and there are consequences. Um, and we do need to let them to deal with that. But I think we help them navigate it through it. Again, if I have a friend who's struggling, even if it's because of her own bad choices, I would offer her advice or I would offer her any help that I could give, but, or certainly prayer, of course, but she would have to deal with those consequences herself. And I think the same is true with our kids that, they they certainly may have consequences that they have to face, but it's not our job to push them into those. It's our job to help help as much as we can keep them on the right path. So let's let's use our brainstorms and see if we can think of a time where we did that balance of allowing them to learn from some natural consequences, but also mm-hmm. you know didn't let them just waltz over the cliff. So oh, yeah, I was thinking as you were saying that. Um, one of my kids uh, was really into um, countries that, that our history textbooks or curriculum didn't cover a lot in depth. And uh, so when he was in high school, he wanted to do one of his research papers on the history of Russia. There's a lot of history in Russia. And uh, so we were in our, our co-op class and every year the kids would do a 10 page research paper for their co-op class so that they gained some of those skills. Well, he decided to do his research paper on all of Russian history and was determined to do that. And and so, you know, I, I threw out the idea, do you want to narrow the topic down? You know, like, can we do modern or very ancient or and uh, and he said, and you just can't. It all has to be in context. You need the whole thing. So I, I you know, after a while, I said, OK, let's 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 take this one as a learning opportunity. And he oh ended word. up doing a 50 page like a research paper and uh, which, you know, the, his, his co-op teacher had not given a, a maximum. So he could get away with that. But the, the hard learning he had from that was in order to get it done in time, he pulled some really late nights. And so uh, that, that gave him a, a chance of knowing, okay, when I overshoot, what a great there are some example, things that it does cost just of me. how you tried to, you tried to <laughs> I, warn him, you know, this yeah. might not be the best idea. I have some wisdom here. You mm-hmm. should maybe consider taking it, but ultimately letting him make his own choice. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic example. Yeah. So any, any you can think of with your kids that they wouldn't get mad at you if you told the story? Well, the one I'm, th- uh, the one I'm thinking of isn't even academic. It's uh, my, one of my son's works. Um, about two miles from our house. So it's not far at all. But one morning he had had left for work and my husband uh, woke me up and said, we need to go. He's, he's been in an accident. And so of course, you know, my heart raised, but it ended up, he had leaned over and want, want, he was a very new driver at this time. And he had leaned over to pick something up off of the floor on the passenger mm-hmm. side. I'm just mortified even saying it, but he leaned over to pick something up on the passenger side floor 
And he had swerved off the road a bit and he hit a mailbox. And so, you know, there were definitely some oh. consequences there and some costs involved. And, and there was some, you know, damage with the car. And, and those were things that he had to pay for. And we, you know, we could have just swooped in and said, well, we'll just take care of it and learn your lesson. But, you know, we, we made him pay for it and make some choices. And he had to be the one to, to let the family know of the house, the, the mailbox that he had hit. and um, and. <laughs> we have used that as an opportunity to talk to him about, you know, driving habits as well. But um, my biggest thought just kept being, oh, I'm so glad no one was walking along the road because, you know, why would you do that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And teenagers just don't have a fully developed brain. Yes, so that's why we yes. can't just check out of the job. Like, you know, they don't so think this is this not a wise quick, thing. So. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And and all of us have been in various versions of that story. So, okay. So as helicopter parents, we would make mistakes if we we're always swooping in and rescuing and never letting kids grow. But if we just check out of parenting, we're leaving kids to learn everything the hard way and sometimes just get stuck in bad decisions and bad, you know, like a bad feedback loop, just can't get out of it. So our, our balance in between those is to do healthy meddling. Um, yeah, that's a good phrase. Let's coin that. Healthy meddling. <laughs> I love it. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just totally amazed with the, the metal idea. Okay. So <laughs> any, any other advice you have for moms? Like you've got, you've got a room full of moms and they're just starting out with teenagers. What else would you tell them, Susan? I would tell them that parenting teens is not the horrible path that so many people make it out to be. I, I mean, certainly they have hormones and they want to assert their independence. But I found that parenting teens was, has been and still is. It's so much fun. It's, you're watching. You're finally getting to see all of the work that you have poured into them you know, for the years and years and years. You're finally getting to see some of that come to yeah, fruition. Yeah. And I find it thrilling. And it's so exciting to watch your kids start to become individuals that you would like to be around even if they weren't your kids. And that that's a great feeling. And so I would just encourage moms that awesome. parenting teens yes. is not something you need to be scared of. It's not something you need to dread. It's wonderful because you can have conversations with them and it's great. It's really, really great. So I would just encourage them in that. Wonderful. Okay, so we better wrap it up. Susan, would you tell us um, where people can find you? Yes, um, they can find me at thesparrowshome.com. And if they want to find me on social media, I'm at the Sparrows Home everywhere, I think. So they can find me there. <laughs> I got a corner on that. Instagram, That's good. Twitter, so yeah. So look on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. And you'll love her website. Um, you Talk about some resources that you have. Um, I have an ebook that I wrote called The Ultimate Guide to Homeschooling Disney. Um, I had never been to any Disney park, Disney World or Disneyland when I met my husband and he was mortified. He's a gigantic Disney fan. And so over the years, what started as kind of sure Disney's fine. It's I'm, I'm indifferent to it, to just developing an appreciation for it. I still am not the massive fan that my husband is, but but. I enjoy the Disney parks. And one thing I learned shortly after we started homeschooling when we took a Disney vacation is the 
incredibly huge amount of learning opportunities that there are there. And so I couldn't find anything when I was looking for homeschooling ideas. I found a little idea here, a little idea there. But what I have done is create this little uh, guide, this ebook that um, can, it tells you all of the learning opportunities you're going to find in the parks. And it's not a curriculum. So it's something that you can use no matter what your kids' ages are. Um, it just tells you all of the places that you can integrate learning. Uh, you know, Disney's like the ultimate field trip, in my opinion. <laughs> and so literature and history and yeah. <laughs> geography and science, and there's so much to learn. And so what the guide does is it gives you all of this information that you can then use to study with your kids, but it also gives you lots of ideas on how to do that, different ways that you can integrate that into your homeschooling curriculum. Um, if you're planning on taking a trip or if you're just a Disney family and want to do some studying. That's really cool. All right. So we'll put links to that in the show notes and to your website. And that way people can get in touch with you and take advantage of the Disney guide. So, all right. So I thank you very much, Susan Landry, for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a delight. Yeah, lots of fun. Check us out at our Facebook page and, and our Facebook group. We have some fun conversations over there and just lots of links to resources. So, okay, we will see you guys next week. This has been the Homeschool High School podcast brought to you by sevensistershomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Mm-hmm.